Hey everyone, welcome back to the September podcast where I give practical advice about reinvention. My name is Angel and I will be your host. Happy New Year, we are welcoming 2021 and it's like a breath of fresh air that we can finally close a chapter that is the year 2020. To reflect on 2020 and to look forward to the new year, today I'd like to talk to you about my failures, my L's if you will. But that's okay because in the words of the wise Big Sean, when you stay that committed to it, you just fall down and never fall off. So let's get into it. Let's talk about my failures. I think that to be transparent, to show you that reinvention or refinement isn't a linear path, but a constant effort with frequent setbacks, I will tell you about the things that I've frankly failed at. These are things that when I listen to motivating podcasts or when I sit and think about my future, I know I want to be consistent at. But in the day-to-day, depending on the conversation or the mood I'm in, I slack on. The hard but beautiful thing about all of this is that when you mess up in life, even for a day, you have to live with the consequences of today, tomorrow. You have to deal with this. You have to live for the day after. Although every day is a new slate, there are still things you are still held accountable for. So without further ado, these are the L's of my reinvention process. I had someone give me some good business advice. Keep quiet and don't let them know your weaknesses. This means exactly what it means. Keep quiet and really don't say too much because you might end up with your foot in your mouth. And don't give all your weaknesses away. You can never know who's listening. And typical Virgo, it sounds like this is to have your walls up and your guard up. And it is. But there's nothing wrong with that. This is to protect your energy because not everyone has good intentions. Now, as easy as I say this, this is somewhere where I've failed. I, for a while, had been a stay-at-home mom where my conversation was limited to my baby or about my baby. And I love my baby, but I needed some kind of stimulation beyond that. I read books, listened to podcasts, tried to get outside, but true adult-to-adult conversation was scarce. Conversation about me as an individual instead of me as a mom. Knowing this, this job I have is the first job I've had in a couple years. This job, I am around people my age. And I got comfortable quickly with the people around me. I wanted to walk in and be this awesome single mom doing her thing, clock in, do my work, clock out, and leave. And I did. I am doing that to an extent. (laughs) But me being the new person, everyone gave me a lot of attention. I knew this would fade, but... When I went from an attention-deprived life to a surplus, I can say I didn't know how to handle that with grace. You know, it doesn't help I'm also a storyteller by nature. I remember in college, I would be outside with my group on the benches, and I'd put my foot up on the bench and tell crazy stories about my life, or whatever it was that was on my mind. So, what can I do moving forward? Well, there's a lot of things. Sometimes it takes time to settle down. 
For me, I know that the shininess of me being new at work has worn off and I can wholly focus on my work. People don't bother me as much and therefore I cannot talk as much. Thank you. I can also take a second or two before I answer to edit myself. And that seems more discipline-based or... I can turn the conversation back on the other person, asking them about their family, about their weekend. You see, everyone's favorite subject is themselves, so if you have a hard time making friends, make the conversation about them. Other options are keeping a journal, getting a therapist, to be real, and being upfront with your coworkers about the urge to socialize so that they can help you keep accountable and stay on track. The next thing I feel like I dropped the ball on recently is about keeping good company and setting the tone. When you keep good company, you are selecting the people around you to influence your energy, to influence you in some way. For everyone around you, good company and strangers alike, you have to set the tone. This is a two-part process of selecting your people and setting the tone. The tone is kind of like boundaries, but for energy, for how people interact with you. This is training them in a way for how to address you with jokes, with attitude, with topics of conversation. I did this in the beginning really well. You can say something to the effect of, I would feel it'd be more appropriate if we talk about something else or just change the subject entirely. If they don't take the hint or if they tell you don't change the subject, say you don't want to talk about that subject. If they insist, excuse yourself. I've found myself in that situation and I don't care if someone's trying to flirt or if someone's trying to argue, I set the tone for the conversation. This is standing up for yourself. It may take some practice and I'm not very good yet on saying no, But after some time, I've been more firm with how I can stand up for myself. Recently, I've let jokes slide here and there because I didn't want to seem prude in the moment, but I would later regret it. I've let people in, giving people a second chance who don't darn deserve it. (laughs) Thankfully, now I can recognize when they're trying to pull the same tricks. And all I can do is just let them go and think about how I wasted my time letting them back in. See, some of these things we do are just out of habit. Like the people we've talked to for close to 10 years who we know is toxic. But it's familiar. It's habit. This venturing out and not taking crap sometimes feels cold. But it's better to fill your time with good people even if it's far and few between. So moving forward, what can I do differently? First, I can prepare a plan of what I can say. I know the first couple times saying these phrases to set boundaries is going to be awkward, but I have to get into the habit of saying these things anyway. Another thing is to plan an escape. And this seems dramatic, but if someone is joking or talking about something I'm not okay with and they refuse to stop... Just walk away. It's not to be contentious, although others may see that as rude. It's a way that you are now taking action and they can see that. Because you aren't being subject to anything. If you stand there without saying anything, like if someone's gossiping, you are in that too. 
if you laugh at gossip with them, you are participating and or approving that too. And so those are my tips on that. I guess most dream of where they would like to be in a year or two years. But when the time comes, do you go for it? I guess this section of today's episode is a letter to myself. When people dream, some dream about what others tell them to dream. We've covered that in a previous episode. And some dream without knowing their full potential. They can't see what other people see in them. And when someone else brings another bigger, sizable, and scary dream in front of them, that person may turn it down because they don't believe that dream is for them, or there's no way they can do that. I'll give you an example. When I applied for the company I currently work at, I applied as a designer. I made sure to make a good impression. This would be my first job as a designer, which would be great, as I am studying interior design. However, I got a call that they wanted to do a second interview, and I was determined to get that job. When I walked in and sat down, I was told there wasn't a designer job available. They wanted me in a different department, the pro team, one that worked with contractors. It made sense because I had owned a construction company, but I was crushed. I felt like a deflated balloon, and I'm pretty sure my interviewer, who was my soon-to-be manager, saw the defeat in my face from behind my mask. Throughout the interview, I mentioned that I had building and design experience, I was an interior design student, and then something happened. He cut me off by holding a finger up as he proceeded to take out his wallet. The card he handed me read, Director at Large for the American Society of Interior Designers for this region. This was someone I needed to network with and impress. I soon turned my mindset to where he puts me, I'll go because he knows what he's doing. Eventually, I learned that being at the pro desk is a privileged gig where I will learn the foundations of construction for design to happen. Unfortunately, this experience was the one to get me to understand that this is how I should see counsel when it's given to me, by lawyers, by teachers, or even God. They've seen your situation before. They know the ins and outs. They might even know you. Consider the possibilities of things you haven't considered, and trust those who are where you want to be. To sum up, if a millionaire hands you a book of what you need to do to be guaranteed to become a millionaire, what would you do? you would probably read it. If what you read seems too much, would you still pursue being a millionaire? Would you try to figure it out your own way? Or would you follow the direct counsel, no matter how difficult it may be, to become a millionaire? I guess that analogy works if you value money, but I believe it goes for many things. I know these anecdotes and situations I give are very specific to my journey, but I believe they can help others in similar situations. These are real-life situations of how life gets messy and how one needs to find their way back. I hope this year is about growth and accountability as I document my journey. Alright, that's our show for today. Subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Angel, and I will catch you next week.